Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Mazars Let's Talk podcast. In Let's Talk With, leaders from across the academic, business and policy spectrum share their views and expertise on the issues shaping our world and what they mean for business. Fuan Goma, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ed. Very happy to be here. Sustainable finance is increasingly part of our zeitgeist. We read it in newspapers and hear about it from business leaders more and more. Could you start by giving us the lay of the land? Why is sustainable finance gaining traction now? And what is its role in tackling the climate emergency? Sure. The world, the humanity and all the living and systems on the planet are facing a code red situation, as the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, put it. So in order to change our direction of travel, actions of scale must be taken and finance must contribute. Why? Um, Because the financial system needs to direct capital and allocate funding to accelerate systemic change and transition to a more sustainable world. And changing the way we have been doing things requires capital, and there is currently a very significant funding gap. And closing that gap is one of the key aspects of sustainable finance. So sustainable finance is also about how the financial system can be an agent of change for the whole economy. What I mean is that financial institutions and most financial activities are highly regulated. And with the world facing major sustainability challenges, policies and regulation for the financial sector are being developed and implemented ahead of most other sectors. And because those regulations define what is considered as sustainable and what is not, what is the acceptable transition pathway, and where there is no pathway as change must have already taken place, investors and lenders will incentivize counterparties that are everywhere in the real economy to satisfy those regulations became sustainable or plan to be if they want to receive capital. And finally, sustainable finance is also about a just transition, about inclusive development pathways, about financial cohesion, about affordability. And it is where finance and fairness meet Um, Finance must respond to the social risks and opportunities coming from the transition to a net zero economy. You recently worked with OMFIF on the Sustainable Finance Policy Tracker. Can you tell me the rationale behind the tracker? What sets it apart and why might businesses listening to this find the tracker useful? Yeah, so one key concept stands behind the tracker and it is called transition risk. Transition risk is the risk that arises if we are not able to respond to governmental and economic shifts towards a low carbon future. This can be related to policy and regulatory risk, technological risk, market and reputational risk and legal risk. The policy tracker looks specifically at the policy and regulatory aspects. It is of the most importance for financial industry actors to understand the regulatory landscape in the jurisdictions they operate in, but also that they look at what their neighbours are doing and that might come next 
for them. And given the scale of the anticipated changes and the potential acceleration in timing, you want to anticipate, forecast, get ready and be prepared. And that is what the tracker is for. Progress on sustainable finance seems to be stalled by comparable data. That's what a 2020 Mazar study found. Why is comparable data missing? And what needs to change so regulators and companies can work with consistent information on sustainability? So when we talk about data in the context of um, sustainable finance, we actually refer to what some call alternative data about corporates, about individuals such as mortgage borrowers, funds, etc, etc. And why alternative? Because they are different from the financial information that we are used to collect, process and analyze. For corporates, it will be environmental, social and corporate governance related information that at the end of the day provide a picture and an evaluation of a firm's socioeconomic impact. And this is the kind of data that can help uncovering future potential financial risk in a low carbon economy world. Um, the challenge is that this information was not historically produced and therefore not collected, not stored. And of course, some of it may exist already, but it is fragmented. The quality and integrity are not guaranteed and their comparability very limited or impossible without a lot of reprocessing. And what is happening now is that some sustainability reporting frameworks are emerging as the most used and accepted by firms and authorities around the world. Regulators are encouraging firms to voluntarily disclose under those frameworks. And in some jurisdictions, sustainability reporting is becoming mandatory, like in the UK. So as we go, data will become available. And if frameworks are applied in a consistent manner, data will be comparable. Regarding its integrity, standards and, for instance, potential third-party assurance are still being discussed. Now, COP26 is happening in the UK, where you're based. What do you want to see come out of the event? How could participants score 10 out of 10 on sustainable finance, in your view? I'm very hopeful that COP26 will be a defining moment. And what I would like to see coming out of, of it is one commitment to ambitious targets by all nations and signs that NDCs, so nationally determined contributions, will be delivered. Two um, financial pledges from developed nations to mobilize meaningful amount of capital towards climate finance every year for the foreseeable future. And three, real progress and coordination in policy making. Countries or jurisdictions cannot design, implement and enforce efficient and impactful policies in isolation. We are too global for that. And a score of 10 out of 10 would actually go to the UK as president country of the conference if they succeed as the leading convening power. And my final question. So the future of sustainable finance, it's a topic clearly on the up in terms of time and money investments being made by governments and businesses. 
What makes you hopeful for the future of sustainable finance? What would you like to see be the norm in five years' time? So, what makes me hopeful is that awareness is growing, actions are undertaken, and things are going in the right direction. We're seeing the tremendous growth in the green bonds market, for instance, which means that projects that are expected to have a positive environmental impact are receiving funding, that climate innovations are being catalyzed, and transformation is happening. With policies helping, we can see the change happening in the mindsets, in the boardroom agenda, in financial industry stakeholders' priorities. We can see that every single decision will be made with consideration given to sustainability aspects. I'm hopeful because I also believe in creativity and reactivity of the financial industry and of the assets that are looking for funding. The norm in five years' time would be that finance will systematically give priority to mission-led initiatives and programs to restorative and regenerative solutions. The world of funding and finance will constantly interact with the worlds and systems of policy and regulatory frameworks, markets, behavior, citizen participation, education and skills, technology and, and production, and take long-term approaches to solve the climate change issue. And this is needed given the size and the nature of the challenge. From Gomar, partner of Mazars, thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk, a podcast from Mazars about doing business. If you have enjoyed this, you can find more by searching Mazars Let's Talk.